You know, I've watched lost people wander, thinking it was someone else's problem. People pushed aside, but no one cared to help them. So often, I found myself putting up a facade. People only cared to see my smile, not my pain. I continued to fake that I was okay. But in this house, save people, serve people. In this house, we do life together. In this house, healthy people grow. In this house, we live generously. In this house, found people find people. What's up, 11.30? How you guys doing today? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us today as we continue this series called In This House. And let me just say a, a big welcome to all of our guests that are here. Man, we're thankful that you're here and being a part of this service today. Uh, if you're here for the very first time, you've picked a great weekend to be with us as we're talking about some of our values here as a church and what we're all about and what we're passionate about. Uh, but before I kind of dive into that, let, let me just kind of veer off for a second and, uh, and ask for your help. Uh, would you guys all mind helping me? Are you guys okay with helping me out here real quick? Come on, shake your head. Give me a shake. Okay, y'all, okay, here's, here's the help that I need, okay? Okay. We are in the middle of summer, and if you look around this room, it's pretty full. Okay? The service right before this, there were no seats available. So what that means is that I need your help, and I'm going to ask you personally, please choose another. If you, if, you're, if you call close to your home, You've been found by Jesus, you love the local church, and you, you want to help see more people come to know Christ, please go to a different service. <laughs> I mean, still come to this church, but, and, and don't, don't go to the 10 o'clock service because there's no room for you there. <laughs> so, so, so 9 a.m. Saturday night. In fact, if you'll go to Saturday night, I will bribe you. I'll give you pizza and ice cream every Saturday night for you and your family. I'm for real. Like, I will, I, will, I will bribe you as your, I will bribe you to go to Saturday night. Seriously, like, we, we, we know we have to add another service, but we're trying as long as we have to not to. And so if you could help us out, man, we'd be super great. If you're a guest here, please come to the service. We don't care what service you go to. Uh, if you don't know Jesus, you can go whatever service you want. But if you, if you call close to your home, this like, you're an owner here in this house. You're not a member. You're an owner. You know what that means. Please go to a different service between, besides the 1015 and 11.30, help us create room for more people to experience, know, and follow Jesus. Um, it, would, it would help us out. I don't really want to do another, that, that's five times me speaking, unless you want to see a video at 11.30. Anybody want to see a video at 11.30? Okay, I didn't see any hands up. So, so y'all are going to help me out. You're going to shake your head. You're going to help me out. Some of you guys are, not, all of you don't have to leave, just some of you, okay? <laughs> 
All right, sorry, that was a little housekeeping right there. I'm just, we're trying, to, we're trying to get ready for fall, like school starts in a couple weeks, and we know everybody comes back to church, everybody's back from vacation, and, and we got problems, and they're good problems to have, uh, but so just, just help us out. But anyways, um, thank you for being here. I know that's kind of ironic after all of that to say that, but uh, no, we really do appreciate you choosing to be here. There's a lot of different places you could be on your Sunday morning, you chose to be with us. And so um, today we're, we're talking about who we are as a church. And let me tell you who we're not. We're not the best church. We're not a perfect church. Uh, we, don't, we don't have it all together. We're not in competition with other churches. In fact, it's one of the reasons why we pray for the local church every single week. We, we call up different churches and go, hey, what are your needs? Because we want to be a part of seeing the body of Christ grow as a whole. And so we know we're not the perfect church. And not everybody, not everybody's going to fit here. There's different strokes for different folks. And there's different churches for different groups of people. And, and some people are going to come to our church and they're going to love it because we got 90s rap references with Jesus. They always go well together. If that's you, this is going to be your church. If it's not, you might try somewhere else. It's okay. Um, but we, we are passionate about what we're passionate about and we're focused on what we're focused on. And we've been on one mission from day one when we moved here 10 years ago to start this church. And we've said it like this. It's on the back of that card that's on your seat or was handed to you. We say it like this our mission as a church is we want to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience so they can know and so they can follow Jesus we have been about people from day one we've never been about building buildings we've never been about building a church we've always been about how do we help build people to become the people that God has called them to be how do we help them discover the hope and the purpose and the dreams that God has put in their heart and how do we equip them to live that out in everyday life that is our purpose as a church we want you to experience God we want you to know God we want to want you to follow his plan for your life now with it there are some values that we hold near and dear to our heart because they're values that Jesus exemplified while he was here on earth. And they're values that not only we hold dear as a corporate body, but we think should be held valuable to us as individuals if we are gonna look more and more like Jesus every day. And so we call the series In This House because in this house, there are some things that we do. And so we've talked about found people, find people. We've talked about we do life together last week. And this week in this house, we believe that we live generously. We believe that we live generously. I fundamentally believe that my God is the most generous God on the face of this earth. In fact, that's why in John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. God is a generous God. It's something he's exemplified in and throughout scripture, all throughout scripture from beginning to the very end, you also see it exemplified through Jesus' life everywhere he went. Jesus was constantly giving of himself and what he had, whether that be healing, whether that be teaching, whether that be hope, whether that be resources, whether that be feeding people. You see Jesus exemplifying generosity everywhere he went. And it's not just a New Testament thing, it's an Old Testament thing as well. You can look back to Genesis chapter 12, right in the very beginning when God said to Abram, who would eventually become Abram, Abraham, he says, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your native country and your people and your relatives and go to the land that I will show you. And he says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And when I read that, I thought to myself, man, that's exactly how everybody wants to be today. I want to be blessed and I want to be famous. You talk to young people, hey, what are you going to do with your life? I'm going to be famous. What are you going to, how? I don't know. I'm just going to be famous, right? 
It's what we all want. But here's the thing. God actually comes down to Abram and says, hey, listen, I'm going to bless you and make you famous. That's like God coming down saying, like, hey, you're going to be the next Michael Jordan. Everybody's going to know you. And you're going to have a signature shoe. It's going to be awesome. He says, I'm going I'm to bless you and I'm going to make you famous. And he continues the scripture and he says, and you will be a blessing to others. In other words, I'm going to bless you to bless others. God doesn't just provide for you so we can go and end in the cul-de-sac of your life and so you can just hoard all the blessings of God. But God doesn't want you to be a cul-de-sac. He actually wants you to be a bridge. He goes, hey, I want to do some things in your life. I want to bless you. I want to make you famous. But what I want you to do is then take that blessing and be a bridge to other people. I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing in life. And so I would submit to you today, if you're taking notes, generosity gives you what money only promises you. Generosity gives you what money only promises you. And I know the problem that you're thinking about right now, but this is what most people think, but I feel broke. And so the reality is, is like generosity gives you what money promises, but I know where I'm at and I feel broke. In fact, I found some memes this week that kind of describe how some people feel. I found this one. It says, I'm so broke, my baloney doesn't have a first name. <laughs> That's broke right there. In fact, I want you to see how much baloney is on that sandwich. They ain't broke because they use the whole package right there. Anyways, how about this one? I'm so broke, I wish life would give me lemons because they're edible. That's broke right there because that, that's a terrible meal. How about this one? I'm so broke if someone tried to rob me, they would just be practicing. I don't care who you are. That right there is funny. <laughs> then this one. I'm so broke that if I swipe my debit card, it looks at me like this. <laughs> Some of you guys can relate to that. You're like, that's what it looked like to me today at Starbucks, you know. That's a reality for a lot of us is we feel broke in our favorite day of the month it's payday, right? Because we get some resources, we can do some things, we can go some places, we can buy some things. But how many of y'all know money talks? And most of the time it's saying buy, 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 right? It's like right out the door it comes in, it's like see ya, rent, see ya, car payment, see ya, credit card bill, see ya, FPL. And it's constantly going out the door. And we think to ourselves, man, it, 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 life should be different. But a lot of us, our reality is we find ourselves on the broke bus. <laughs> like we're riding the broke bus in life. And we go, man, I, I wish I just had a little bit more. In fact, most people think to themselves, man, if I just made more money then I would no longer be on the broke bus. And so you think, man, if I just made $10,000 more a year, I would no longer be on the broke bus. The problem is, is the more money we make, the more our lifestyle elevates as well. Anybody notice that? In fact, statistically, they say 20 years ago, you probably made half as much as you're making today, but yet you still feel like you're living on the broke bus today, even though you're making almost double what you made before. That's because the broke bus is not a destination we find ourselves in. The broke bus is a mentality that we've acquired. And the broke bus mentality is, is I've got to get mine. 
I've got to take care of number one. I've got to make sure that I'm supplying all of my needs, that, that I'm, 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 I'm. And it's a mentality that we start to embrace in our life. And I want to suggest to you today that even if your financial situation doesn't change, you don't have to ride on the broke bus. There is a different bus that you can actually ride, and it's not the broke bus, but it's called the blessed bus. And it's the bus that, that God leads, that God drives, that God is in charge of in life. And, and here's the thing that I know about God. God does not need your money. God is not broke. The God that I serve doesn't need anything from you. Maybe your God needs something from you, but the God that I serve is the creator of the universe. The God that I serve is self-sufficient and all-sufficient. He's the ruler of the cattle on a thousand hills. He's made everything. He can supply everything. Not only is he a good God, but he's a giving God. He's a generous God. He's a providing God who is there for his people. It's a way different mentality. And how you change your mindset is you start to realize that when you get on the bus with that God, God is not on that bus worried about how he's going to take care of the rest of your month. Like he's not worried about where your mortgage payment is going to come from because he's got everything within his hands. In fact, he created your mortgage. He can take it away like that. Probably won't because that was a stupid move on your part, and now he's just trying to fix your heart before he can fix your world. But that's a different subject and a different thing. But when you start to get this, you're no longer living on the broke bus. You might still be broke, but what God has to do is he has to change you internally before he can change your external. Because the reality is, is we see this all the time through people who hit the lottery, right? They're broke. They want to scratch off. They, they pick six, whatever, what, however that works. And then, like, they win millions of dollars. And 10 years later, where are they at? They're in the same position they were 10 years ago. Why? Because they never fixed the mentality. Therefore, the exterior just continued to do the same thing. And so what God is trying to do is he's trying to fix your interior before he changes your exterior. He's trying to do something in your heart. He, he wants you to get to this place where you believe that your God is enough, that he is the God that can supply all of your needs, not according to your bank account, but according to his riches and glory. And that's a mindset change that we have got to start to acquire in life. So I want to talk to us about how do we ride on the blessed bus so we can live generously. And we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If you want to turn your Bibles there or pay attention on the screen, whatever it is, we're going to be looking at this. In verse 1, it says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. If you're taking notes today, I want you to circle that word joy in there. And we're going to get to that. But it says that, man, this group of people, they're facing 
some major, not only are they poor, but they're facing some extreme troubles. And here's what I know here today. Some of us in this place are facing some extreme troubles today. We're in extreme marriage trouble right now. We don't know how we're going to get out of the mess that we have created. Some of us are in extreme financial trouble where there is way more month than there is money. Some of us are in having some extreme health trouble and we just got a diagnosis and we don't know how to react in this moment. Some of us are in some relational trouble. Some of us are dealing with some, some kid problems where our kids are going crazy and we're going, man, I've, I've trained them in the way of God and, and I'm just in trouble right now. And some of you here may be facing some real trouble and just because you're facing trouble doesn't mean that you can't find joy in the midst of it. And some of us need to realize that today, that we can find joy in our trouble. The Macedonians, they were in some real trouble. It says that they were poor, and when we think poor, it wasn't like a bad neighborhood. It was like they were like refugees carrying just whatever they could in their hands, in the shirts and the clothes on their body. They were in some extreme trouble. And it says in the middle of that, in the middle of their poorness and their trouble, they still had joy and generosity. Just because you're broke doesn't mean you can't have joy and generosity in your life so let me give you the context of what's happening here Paul is writing to the Corinthian church because he had had a conversation with them and said, hey, listen, Jerusalem's in some trouble right now. There, there's like a humanitarian aid crisis going on. And so they need some resources. And the Corinthian church says, hey, we're going to take care of that. And then they've never followed through. And so Paul is writing them and, and, and to encourage them, he's telling them about the Mastone. Macedonians who are actually probably worse off than the church in Jerusalem. And he says, hey, listen, these people are poor. They're facing all kinds of trouble. But yet in the midst of that, they feel joy and generosity. And I want to challenge you to look at your life and challenge yourself. Challenge your situation. Challenge your mindset here today. So the question I have for all of us is how do we live generously? And I think Paul gives us some keys throughout this passage. If you're taking notes today, number one, you gotta fight for joy in your life. You've got to fight for joy in your life because there's a lot of things we fight for in life that aren't really worth being fought over. In fact, I found some arguments that people were having on Twitter that they shared. This one says, caught in a traffic jam, yelled at a guy, you have a nice day. He yelled back, no, I won't have a nice day. My dumb argument. It's a dumb argument. Some people have those arguments. How about this one? One time my parents got into a fight because my dad tried to convince my mom that his leg cramp was as painful as childbirth. My doggo argument. That's the dumbest argument you could ever make, man. Don't ever compare whatever you're going through to childbirth because it's nowhere close to being as painful. Guaranteed. If your head is chopped off, your legs are chopped, it's still not as painful. Just trust me, okay? This is my favorite, though. My wife and I got in an argument over whether Mickey and Minnie were married or just dating. He should have put a ring on it, hashtag, right? Just, just by a show of hands, how many of you all think that Mickey and Minnie were married? Raise your hands, raise your hands. Okay. How many of you think Mickey and Minnie were dating? Raise your hands, raise your hands. Man, ooh, a lot of dating, okay. Does, does anybody really care? Okay, perfect. I won't give you the answer then. Okay, just, just FYI, because I did some research. Because this is an important topic here in case you have an argument. Because I know for some of you, you're like, I, I've got to know that answer now. <laughs> Disney's official stance on Mickey and Minnie is off screen, they're married. But on screen, they're in a dating relationship. So you both were right, okay? Oh. <laughs> but we fight over some dumb things in life 
But there are some things that are worth fighting for, and joy is something that we should always be fighting for in life. And what I want for your life is for you to experience the joy that comes from generosity. Generosity can deliver what money only promises. And money promises a lot of things. It promises us joy, security, hope, a future, freedom. Joy, uh, money promises us significance. It promises us purpose. It promises us meaning. Money promises us a lot of things and everything else. And while it's great to have money, and I hope you have tons of of it in your life. Money can never deliver on those promises. It just can't. It doesn't have that kind of ability. But generosity can deliver more on what money promises because generosity moves you from this broke mindset to a blessed mindset. In fact, I, I, would, I would tell you that what it does is it moves you to into this realm called the double blessing of generosity and uh and i'm gonna explain this to you because some of you are think like tj's just gone joel osteen on me i haven't i don't bat my eyes like that i don't talk like super sweet that's not my style and and by the way let's let's not hate on joel he's won more people to christ than just about anybody on the place face of this earth right now just because people do things different ways than what you like doesn't mean it's wrong it just means it's different why is it that the church wants to shoot each other and still to help in each other? So, so let me explain this because I believe that God can do this in your life. It's called the double blessing of generosity. And here's how it works. God has provided everything that you need. That is a blessing. The problem is, is most of us don't see it that way because what we got, we spent on shoes instead of our rent. Listen, every time we have financial peace, I ask our financial peace leaders all the time, do, they, do all those people make enough money? They're like, they make more than enough money. I was like, what's the problem? They spend it on dumb things. Yeah. See, God has richly provided for all of us in ways that we can't even fathom or imagine. And that's a blessing. And see, what happens is, is when we understand the power of generosity and the joy that it brings, what happens is because God has provided for us, we feel blessed. And we look around and we see somebody else in need and we think to ourselves, well, I could, I could be a part of making a difference in their life. And so we contribute to them personally or contribute to an organization or the local church that's making a difference. And all of a sudden, because we're a part of something that's making a difference, we get the blessing that comes from that because all of a sudden we're not just blessed ourselves. We're making a difference and being a blessing and we get blessed again and we go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then God looks at us and goes, listen, you know what I realized is they're not living with a closed fist. Because how many of you all know that you can't put anything in my hand when it's like this? But all of a sudden, God looks and goes, man, they're living open-handed. I can trust them. And so what he does is he blesses you with more and provides you with more than you need. And because you're looking around going, man, God has so blessed my life. I want to be generous to other people. And you're looking for opportunities to be significant because that's the meaning of life is to make your life significant by impacting others. All of a sudden, you start to invest in something else in somebody else's life. And you give and you're generous and you're blessed again. And 
And all of a sudden, this cycle of generosity begins in your life. And when we open ourselves up to this cycle of generosity, what we begin to do is we begin to open ourselves up to the blessings of God. And some of us have never experienced this in our lives because we're holding on to a promise that money has made us rather than the promise that God has said in his word. And generosity always gives what money can only promise. And for some of us today, we're missing out on this incredible joy that God is trying to instill in our lives. Continue on in verse 3. It says, For I can testify that they gave not only of what they could afford, but far more. They did it of their own free will. In fact, they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. So in other words, they're going to Paul and they're going, listen, Paul, I know you think we're broke and we're poor and we got troubles, but man, we want to be a part. We don't want to miss out on what God's doing. God has provided uh, enough. We want to be a part of what's happening. And I think the reason so many of us stay stuck in a broke mentality is we think that, well, what I can do is insignificant. What I have is just too small, it's not going to make any difference. My gift, my talent, my time just isn't that, that big. So like instead of doing something, I'm going to do nothing. Because really, what is it, what is it going to do? Like really, what's going to happen? A few years ago, I was at a Winn-Dixie on Sample in 441, and I was, I was doing some shopping, which is not a normal occurrence for me. And... Uh, <laughs> I was, I was walking up, and, and, and there they don't, they don't have, like, registers with people at it. They just have, like, computers. And uh, I noticed there, there these, all these lines that were full, and there was one line that wasn't very full because there was an elderly woman at this thing. And uh, I went up, and I started putting my groceries on the, on the little conveyor belt thing with the little stick that's there. And I noticed this, this, this elderly woman, she was struggling with technology. And so I was like, ma'am, do you, do you mind if I help you out? And she's like, that would be great. And, and so I started scanning her groceries for her. And, and when I got done scanning her groceries, I put them in a bag and I said, ma'am, do you have any coupons? And for the next like 20 minutes, she like fumbled for, through her purse for like 22 cents off of a can. Good, you know, and I got that scanned in. I was like, cash or credit? And she's like, credit, put her chip in. We read, it was awesome. Uh, got a receipt and, and I said, ma'am, can I take these to your car? She said that'd be great we walked out to her car she opens up her trunk I put the groceries in as I shut her trunk and turn around she's standing there with a tip and I'm like ma'am we don't accept tips at Winn-Dixie it's like it's company policy and uh, she looked at me and she's like son thank you so much I was struggling in there I was like no problem ma'am I'm like man who's the next old person I can help you know it's like I was fired up about it. I was like, give me, I'm the greatest bag boy on the planet. You know, it's like, I realized that a small act of kindness in a moment where we live in a society that's so busy could make a huge difference. You have no idea what that smile may do in somebody's life. You have no idea what that hug in that moment can catapult for somebody's future. You have no idea what your generosity of love or commitment or a note or whatever it may be can do in somebody's life. Because I believe that it's actually these small moments that God uses as pivot points in our life to direct us to bigger things. 
The problem is, is we see the insignificant thing and we think, well, that's not big enough for me, so God can never take us to the significant thing. Because we're not trustworthy with the insignificant, so therefore we can't be trusted with the significant. And you have no idea what a small act of generosity, whether with your time, your talent, with your resources, can do for somebody in this world. And you and I, we have got to fight for the joy that comes from generosity in our life. Number two, if you're taking notes, you got to give God your heart. you got to give God your heart. It says in verse 5, they even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. See, the reason they were able to live blessed, the reason they were able to live these generous, joy-filled lives is because they gave themselves first and foremost to God. Now, I, I know this is true. Anytime we start to talk about generosity, People automatically go, the church just wants my money. And I'm here to tell you, no, that's not true. Everybody wants your money. Netflix wants your money. Amazon wants your money. FPL wants your money. Starbucks wants more and more and more of your money. Come on. Here's the truth. It's way worse than that. Because God doesn't just want your money. He wants your heart. He wants your wife. He wants your kids. He wants your hopes. He wants your future. He wants your dreams. He wants your aspirations. He wants every single ounce of you. And so if you think that I'm just going to give God a small part, he's going, that's not enough for me. I want all of you. It's way worse than you ever imagined. Like he's not settling for mere morsels. He's going, hey, give me all of you. And here's what happens. When you give all of yourself to God, generosity just becomes a byproduct because you're, you're serving a God who's like giving you everything. You go, man, I'm just going to follow the nature of the one who I've given myself to. It's funny because I think we, we live our lives as adults spiritually like two-year-olds where our favorite word is mine <laughs> come on parents you know the first time your your kid said the word mine you're like I'm in trouble because every word then therefore was mine can I have that mine can they play with that mine mine could I have a bite of that burrito I just bought you? Mine? No, no, I, I, that's my burrito. I'm letting you eat it. I will smack you with that burrito if you don't watch out. <laughs> Every parent has had that thought, I promise you. Multiple times. But yet we do that with God all the time. God has given us everything. He's given us that home we live in. He's given us that talent that has helped us accomplish so much in life. He's provided every single resource. And we get so twisted. Thinking, mine. When the reality is the giver of the gifts is trying to teach us how to be a giver and submit to him. 
verse 6, it says, So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. He says, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. If you're taking notes, number three, excel in generosity. Excel in generosity. And this is simply what I want for you as your pastor. Because I personally know what it will do in your life. Over the 19 years that Shayla and I have been married, I mean, we, we have just continued to excel in our generosity. And over the years, we've realized life isn't about us. It's not about having more things. It's not about acquiring more stuff doesn't mean you can't have nice things. In fact, I hope you have lots and lots and lots of nice things. I just hope those nice things don't have you. And while it's great to have nice things, and a lot of those nice things, fundamentally what is going to give you joy is blessing someone else. What's going to bring you happiness is making somebody else happy. What's going to fill your life is actually pouring your life out. That's why Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, verse 35, anyone who will lose his life will actually find it. And God's goal for all of us is we get to this place where we go, God, listen, I'm going to lose my life to you. I surrender all that I am and all that I have to you. God, help me to be more like you. God, help me to excel in generosity because that's more and more like you. A couple of months ago, we were, uh, we were sitting here in a service and my wife and I were down front over here and is in the middle of worship and I was just, I was doing my thing. I was lost in God's presence. You know, I'm trying to act like I'm real spiritual. I was, I was, I was judging everything that was going on in the service because that's what I do. And, uh, and, and all of a sudden my wife gave me like one of those elbows, like every husband has gotten that you don't like. It's like a hard elbow to the ribs. And she's like, hey, did you hear that? I'm like, what? She goes, I, th- I think God wants us to give that lady over there $500. I was like, I didn't hear that. But okay. And I, I went back to my own thing, and then I get another elbow, and she's like, do you have $500? <laughs> I'm like, do I look like a church ATM? I don't, like, I just, just money just spits out of me or what? I was like, no, I don't, I don't have $500 on me. And she's like, okay, I'll find it. Cool, I went back to my, my thing, and, and uh, after service, she went up to this lady that was, that was sitting on the front row and she goes, in the middle of service, God spoke to me to, to give you this money and here's what God told me to tell you. I see you and I'm your provider. And this woman started bawling because she was wondering where the money to help her and her kids as a single mom was going to come from. In that moment, to take care of their family. And see, while she was crying out to God for a solution and for an answer, 
for help. God was speaking to us to be his answer for her. See, what we fail to realize is that a lot of times God is trying to be the answer to somebody's prayer through our life. And it begins when we start to live open-handed rather than closed-fisted and saying, God, I want to excel in generosity. I want to find the joy that comes from being solely dependent on you, making you my everything, giving you all of my hearts. And as your pastor here, and I'm just going to assume that I'm your pastor if you're here today, my challenge for all of us every day is for us to take our next step. To take our next step closer to God, that's, that's my goal. My goal isn't to blow your mind with a message, it's to help you and challenge you to take your next step when it comes to your faith in God, when it comes to aspects of God. And so, um, you know, this is something I'm unashamed going to challenge you in, just like I challenge you in getting relationships, just like I challenge you in uh, reaching people for Jesus. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to challenge you when it comes to generosity because all of us are somewhere on what I would call the generosity ladder. It looks like this. And there's different steps that are out there. And some of us, honestly, we've never been generous in our life. We don't believe in it. And, and I would challenge you today that maybe you don't believe it. And maybe you think the church is just, this church is just after your money. And if, if you don't trust us, here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to go give to another church. Go give to Church by the Glades. Go give to Calvary Chapel. Go give to Victory in Boca. Go give to uh, Oceanside that's about to start in Boca Raton. Go give to Vibrant Church. I don't care what church it is. I don't, wa- I don't want something from you. I want something for you. And I want you to experience the joy that comes from generosity in your life and being a part of something that makes a difference. And so I would challenge you to do something. Take your first step today. If you don't believe in what we're doing as a church, listen, you can make a difference in a kid's life in the inner city of Collier City right now. You can go out, buy some school supplies and a backpack. There's information right here. And you can just make a difference in a kid's life. I don't really care what it is. I just want you to take a step. Don't walk out of here and do nothing with the information that you've gotten. Allow God to start to do a heart transformation, which is going to require some action on your part. And so some of you are doing nothing. You need to do something, which would be give occasionally, which is what some of you are doing right now. You give occasionally if it's a good message, if we're funny, uh, if Shayla speaks, you're like, oh, that was good. There's $20. For others of you, you're like, I didn't really like that service. They didn't sing my song, which, by the way, the songs aren't for you. (laughs) You go, well, I'm not going to give anything because that wasn't my cup of tea. Listen, I would challenge you, if that's you, if you give occasionally, I would challenge you to give consistently. Go, you know what, whether I'm here or I'm not, whether I like it or not, whether it's my cup of tea or not, because I'm a coffee drinker, it doesn't really matter. Like, I believe in what God is doing in this place. I believe that lives are being changed. It's one of the reasons why we keep filling up and having to add services, because we keep reaching people for Jesus Christ, seeing marriages restored, seeing addictions broken, seeing lives changed, and I want to be a part of that. And I'm going to give consistently, whether I like it or not, and I'm just going to take that step, and I'm going to do that. For others of you, that's where you're at right now. You need to move to giving proportionally. What is that? That's percentage-based giving. It's what we would call tithing. 
which is not really giving, it's actually returning to God because God owns it all. He says, listen, return to me the first 10%, and what I'll do is I'll bless that 90% that you still have instead of you trying to live with 100 that's cursed. And some of us, we need to move to that. We need to take that step and say, God, I'm going to trust you that you will supply, that you will provide, that you will do all the things that you've promised in your word. For others of you that are at that stage in your life, I would challenge you to move to the level of generosity, generously. This is for those that give your first 10% returns to God, and you go, I'm going to live above and beyond that. That's where Shayla and I have lived for a very, very long time. And what we've learned is that 10% is not the ceiling, it's actually the floor. Technically, that's where generosity begins. And it isn't just to the church. We give to a lot of places. The first 10% goes to God's house. The rest of it goes all over the place because we want to make a difference in this world. And I want to challenge you, church, to take your next step. And what you will find is generosity gives you what money only can promise you because God is a giver. And maybe you're here today and you need to take your next step. Maybe that's a financial step. You can take an envelope and drop it in a basket. Maybe for some of you, it isn't a financial step. Maybe you need to be generous with your time. Maybe it's you need to get involved and start serving it in the seat back pocket in front of you. There's a card that you can take out and fill out and check some areas and somebody will help you get involved. Maybe for some of you, you're a workaholic and where you need to give is to your family. You need to set apart some time and say, you know what, I'm going to start giving my family something that I've been given the rest of the world. I don't know what it is for you that you need to be generous in, but don't leave here today without taking a step towards generosity. Maybe it's a note you need to write to somebody. Maybe it's a hug that you need to give. I don't know what it is, but God is doing something in your heart, and you need to take that step. Maybe for others of you, you're here, and you've never crossed the line of faith and had a relationship with this God who is so generous that said, you know what, I will take care of your broke life and your broke mentality, and I will give you life and give it to you more abundantly. In fact, I'm so generous that, that I paid a debt that you could never pay with my son on the cross so that you could have a life that you could never have. And not only do I give you this, uh, this life where I've paid off your debt, but I give you a promise of eternal life with it. That's a pretty good deal. And maybe today you need to make that profession. You need to take that step. Romans tells us if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says that we will be saved. And maybe you're here today and that's a step of faith you need to take with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe today you're going, Pastor TJ, that's where I'm at. I, I, I don't want rules or religion, but I'm talking about a relationship with the creator of the universe. This says, I love you so much that I will sacrifice the most valuable thing because you're that valuable to me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe today is the day that you need to take that step. If that's you, on the count of three, if you just slip your hand up, we'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip it up. Go ahead. Yeah, I see you back there. I see you back there. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Shayla, would you lead them in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to surrender our life to you today. I pray for those that raise their hand, God, as they've 